You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Coming up on this episode of the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. The challenge happened starting in January. My mental health started to decline huge, hard, and fast. And I think through COVID and through this new music and through through the new logo change for whatever, it feels like we are starting to really become who we really are as artists. I don't want a box around my art that might not let someone out or might not let someone in or might just keep someone crawling around trying to figure out, should I be in there or should I be out here? Welcome back to the Kingdom Bringer Podcast. I'm your host, Darren Eubanks. Thank you for joining me. It's an honor and a privilege. Welcome. If this is the first time you've you've listened, welcome. If you're a returnee, welcome. Everybody's welcome. Thank you so much. Have a seat. Relax. We're going to have a fun episode today. I got to sit down and have a very fun and relaxing interview with a couple of good friends, TD and Veronica Benton of the Shock and Roll group, White Collar Sideshow. I was a concert promoter there for a couple years and I had these guys come in on a couple different occasions back around 2012, 2013. I brought them in and hosted them a fantastic ministry. If you're not familiar with White Collar Sideshow, let me give you a quick little rundown. TD explains it well in the episode, but from my point of view, this is a fantastic ministry slash uh, theatrical production almost. Every one of their shows, there's a video screen playing in the background and a very dramatic stage performance uh, when they're one of their first, when their first album that came out was based off of uh, dreams that TD had had. They had a, a guy dressed up in a pig fan, very horror elements, to be honest with you. Um, kind of scary theatrical stuff, a lot of darkness into light type of uh, themes that went on. They, they hit on things like pornography and greed and even attack bulimia. But they talk about a lot of dark issues that really don't get discussed too much in the church. And so it was a fantastic uh, concert experience to bring into a church. And uh, I love them. I think they're, I think they're amazing. They're, they're an amazing couple. They used to be a, a group of three or four. Now it's just the two of them. It's TD and it's Veronica Benton, white collar sideshow. And we talk a lot about 2020 and how that affected them as a ministry slash a touring musical artist. And Veronica goes into some, some vulnerable details about some depression that she experienced. TD talks about uh, some of the, the evolving and the uh, changing they had to do as a group with the two of them kind of 
having to decide if they even wanted to do this anymore, to be honest with you. They had to go through some real transition, some real um, evaluating about their ministry, about their art, because 2020 brought a whole heck of a lot of problematic stuff for a touring band when they shut down venues and when they shut down touring schedules. White Collar Sideshow had just recently signed a record deal with Curtain Call Records. They just released that record and charted their first single, had some amazing momentum, and then COVID hits. They had tours lined out. They had festivals in the future set up and ready to go. I know from experience, from dealing with bands, from from talking to musicians, that it's it's hard to find a record label that's going to support you the way that you think you should be supported. And they found that. They found support. They found the backing. And they found some momentum. And then it all came to a halt. What do you do? You ever been there? You ever been to a place where your art, your creative work, your dreams, your passions have momentum, and then something happens where they just come to a screeching halt? That's what they experienced in 2020, and they're now moving forward, and they have hope, they have faith, and they have belief that God's going to take care of every one of their needs. I think you'll get a lot out of this episode. You can check out more from them at whitecollarsideshow.com. All of their information is on there. They've gone through this rebranding, which is really, really cool. They talk about that a lot in this episode as well. And I want to share with you that this episode is brought to you by Podcast Solutions. Do you have a business or an organization or a personal brand? And do you want to start a podcast to get your message out to the world? The team, my team at Podcast Solutions, want to be partners with you. We want to help you get started and help you move this thing in the right direction. If you're interested, you have a story to tell for your business, organization, or personal brand, let us help. Check out podcastsolutionsnow.com and you can shoot us an email. You can get a, uh, a proposal put together for you. We can find out exactly what your needs are, whether it's podcast editing, whether it's production, whether it's management, whether it's consultation, whether you just have questions about how to get started, we want to help all the information's there at podcastsolutionsnow.com check it out also check out kingdombringer.com where you can find every episode of this podcast all the blogs i have a new blog up have you seen it have you seen it five ways to boldly step into your new season it's a it's a good blog full of information full of scripture full of wisdom about how you can transition from one season to the next well, check it out at kingdombringer.com. Let's get into this episode, shall we? Here's my sit down interview with TD and Veronica Benton of White Collar Sideshow. This is Evolving Your Art. Here we go. I want to talk a little bit about 2020 for sure. I don't, we don't need to get into politics or any of that culture crap, but as, 
as touring musicians, I would like to hear your guys' hearts about, can you describe for me how, how last year was for you guys? Yeah. So we were so excited. We had, we've signed with a label for the first time, um, in like July, August of 2019, right? Curtain Call Records, right before we released our latest album. And so we were so excited to be signed with them. And they got us on several festivals, a handful. And then we had our OG festivals. And we hadn't played a couple festivals in a few years because we were putting together this new show. When Phil left the band in 2017, we basically were like, are you in? Are you out? And he's like, I don't know. Do I need to know yet? We're like, yeah, because he's (laughs) writing music parts you know, we're putting together this show. We got to know where we having two drummers or one. And so he had to make a decision. But then once he left, we weren't able to tour our old stuff like most bands get to because we were missing a third of our show. Right. And so 2019, we released our album in October. We do this fall run. It was awesome. It was just, just the two of us. Mm. It was strange and exhausting, but so fun. We, we loved it. We were on a festival with Quiet Riot. Oh, wow. Man 5000, like it was like. That was wow. 2020 coming. So we were like, okay, let's, we're going to go to Nashville in like March. Those were, those were booked, you're saying, for 2020? Yeah. yeah, for 2020, our summer, we had a ton of stuff booked. And so I'm like, well, let's just go to Nashville. Our One of our closest, dearest churches is based out of Nashville called The Anchor. And let's just kind of be there centralized for the summer. So then we can just pop around festivals because it's just a great central location for so many of the festivals. So we get to Nashville a week after the tornado and we were actually at the um, SEC basketball tournament, watching the hogs play that Wednesday, um, March 11th, when everything like the Rudy Gobert thing happened, everything just started shutting down and we were just like weird but, you know, we don't really have any festivals booked until May. So, you know, we should be, it should be fun. Yeah. So we're just doing the Nashville thing. Of course, then everything shuts down. It was insane being in a humongous city like that. And our church is right downtown, like just rock through a distance from where the bombing was. We used to run around Bridgestone, around Nissan Stadium, like downtown Nashville. It was Nashville. literally like a, a zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Like you're in this huge city and there's no one. Maybe Nothing. a few police cars. Yeah. Maybe. It was insane. Sounds like a well, white collar sideshow. It felt show. like a white collar Man, why did we not video. have a film crew right then and Actually, film a short movie or something? You got to be prepared. It felt like our old Nashville, like when we first started going there, like we'd go, like we'd roll in on a Tuesday night. It'd be 11 o'clock. We'd be walking the dogs and there's no one there. Just dead back in the day. Yeah. And then, of course, Nashville became Nashville and there's no such thing as a dead a downtime there until COVID. Anyway, so um, we just like, we're waiting and we're just like, things start getting canceled. So we started doing some cool drum videos with T, like the minute long videos. Yeah, you did. Those were awesome. It was fun. That was really, we need to get back to doing that. We've Um, got some ideas. But, you know, we were doing those and just. Real quick, those were the coolest thing on Instagram for a while. And I'm not, I am straight up. Like I'm a, I'm a percussionist at heart. Like I, I grew up playing drums, but like never real serious, but I've, I've got drum beats in my head like all the time. And so I would pull those up and show my, my daughter who also likes to drum. And we're both just oh, like, man. this is the coolest thing ever. So oh, I love it. Hey, let me interject real quick. Yeah. Uh, first of all, that's awesome, Darren. And uh, again, like you grew up a Razorback fan, you grew up, drums, you know, man, you've got a great foundation. Yeah, so, I agree. <laughs> but 
so during that time though we did these drum videos and and we went and played on some pieces of art in nashville but obviously no one was really stopping you because no one was around so it was really i don't know it was really cool but it was veronica's idea like I, I fought her he on did that not stuff. Want to do it. I was like, man, I don't, I don't want to be just be a drummer. I don't want people just to look at me. I, I want it to be whatever. But and, um, what happened on our October tour? He played the air conditioner video, which it actually you, went out you today, probably yeah. saw, and that that's like the only video we've had over a hundred thousand views. Wow. Like that air conditioner video. Yeah. Just And I was like, man, if people are going to watch you play on an air conditioner, what if we do some cool edits? And so. I fought him for a little bit. We did it. We did our quarantine show. She was right. Hoping, I mean, they're cool. We're hoping we're going to get back on the road. And obviously it didn't happen. So we ended up just living at our church in Nashville. And then we, we were like, okay, do we want to be stranded in downtown Nashville or Fort Smith, Arkansas? And no offense, Fort Smith, Arkansas, but downtown Nashville, right? <laughs> right. So I really didn't wear my Nashville shirt. They we were the talking about the Nashville town. the whole time. Yeah, anyway, go Nashville. Go Nashville. So we get home and then the holidays hit and obviously everything was really, really weird and really, really hard for everybody. Um, we are a nonprofit. And so thankfully just about all of our monthly supporters stuck around with us. Wow. And they're the only reason we have been able to survive without actually having to go look for ways to make money. Um, so they've been, our monthly supporters have helped mm. us like stay, like get back in the studio. We hadn't planned on writing so soon. So that's been kind of uh, not, kind of a blessing a huge blessing that we that he's been able to write he's probably written like six songs but like for us we're used to being broke homeless and unemployed like right. we've been broke homeless yeah. and unemployed since you know 2008 really and so that part of covid wasn't hard for us as musicians that was a really hard part for a lot of people right what the challenge happened starting in january and i'm just going to say january 6th just throw that day out there. My mental health started to decline huge, hard, and fast. And I of 2020, right? 2021. Oh, 21. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So leading, leading out of 2020. Yeah. Yeah. So January 6th happens. Of course, the big thing in Washington. I don't want to get into that. Yep. But that to watch so many people online be so ugly and hurtful and hateful and just divisive. And I just spun into a downward. And finally, one day I was like, gee, I think I'm depressed. Like, and I've never been depressed before. Yeah. I didn't know, but like, and it's not like I was sad. I just didn't feel anything. Mm. I just like quit feeling. I, I would just want to like get on the, get in my corner of the couch under a blanket and just sit there all day. I would, sometimes make myself go on a walk. I would cook them dinner. And there were days that that's all I did. And it was just dark and brutal. And so I scheduled therapy for us and, you know, you can't get in right away. Yeah. I, like continue to like, okay, therapy's coming. I'm going to get through this. And I said, I do, I have a little of the seasonal, seasonal depression anyway. Yeah. And so like the crappy weather and whatever, <laughs> and we end up with this huge snowstorm that hit. I mean, it was record breaking across Arkansas and Texas and the South and stuff. And like, there's places in Arkansas that got like 19, 20 inches of snow. We only got like six, but yeah, we, were, we had but, like five days of like negative 20 degrees. Like, right. It was stupid. insane. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. Cause y'all get the wind yeah. that Oklahoma city gets. Yeah. So we had, we had our therapy scheduled and we ended up driving through the snow because I hadn't heard that it was canceled. And there's a note on the door, like if school's canceled, we're canceled. I'm like, I don't think I can make it one more day. I really did not think I can make it one more day. And, um, 
they ended up thankfully getting us in like the following week and just through therapy and talking to my therapist, I was able to come out of that, but it was like the, it was the first solid two months of this year was just so dark and awful. And it spawned from, I mean, it was COVID's fault. It really like yeah, yeah. when it boils down to it, you know, it's COVID and the racial tension and the, um, social justice, all the, just yeah. political climate, all that, yeah. political climate. Yes. Well, literally just, like, I mean, you've heard the statement weight of the world and sometimes it's like, man, I feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. But even for me, like I, I have never felt it like that, like a heaviness that's surrounding you. You just don't know how to feel. We've never experienced, or I have never experienced something like that uh, to that extent feeling that heavy. I was, I had no joy and I just didn't feel like brighter days were coming. I couldn't, and you know, like, and I read my Bible every day. Yeah. Like I've got my Bible app and I'm in there every day. And I'm like, Lord, help me through this. And look, we were connected. We're connected with our Nashville church community through like our weekly small groups. And that definitely helped to have like that connection. But in the middle of that darkness, I was like, man, there's probably people out here that feel the same way that I do that don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. At least I do have a therapist and I have my husband and I've got my best friend in Utah. You know, I've got people that I can talk to. And, and so, our friends here, like, for sure. Yeah. And so that's why we just started, we started this little thing called chat with us that we're just, we threw out online, just like, Hey, if you want to talk to somebody, we love talking to people, especially this one. So let's chat. And we've already had like probably 20 people wow. sign up and chat with us and just, we get on zooms or phone calls or FaceTime, whatever. Yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, it's just, just a human interaction has been. It's interesting. Awesome. I want to go back to something you said V about emotionless because I feel like people always link depression with sadness, right? Like they always link it to this dark feeling of, of hopelessness and sadness or whatever. It's interesting that you said that about the emotionless state because you're what you're probably looking on social and seeing both sides of this emotional spectrum, right? Everybody's either all excited or they're all, pissed off or they're all whatever and you feel eh. nothing I kind of just felt nothing and that's and that's why I didn't know I was even depressed like I ended up taking like a test at my therapist and I think like a 25 was depressed and I scored like a 39 and he was like V like what the heck like what let's get through this you know and I had always thought people who were depressed were sad yeah and so I wasn't sad. I just didn't. So just get happy, right? I didn't care. And I just, yeah, it was just, it was a crazy dark time. And for me, like it only lasted a couple of months. It breaks my heart that people will live yeah. years yeah. like that. Yeah. Hey, can I interject right there? Yeah. Like, um, so during, you know, you're talking about both sides and, and feeling, I think that's what's interesting in our life. Like we don't really have a TV, so we've kept up with news through our phone or through conversations over the years um obviously and i think that's what's i think what's interesting um is you know not really just taking a step back and seeing what's going on and um during that process you know being parked in downtown nashville especially the time when there was protesting and things like that um a friend of mine that i called his name's keith we were talking and he's from minneapolis excuse me and while we were talking you know, ask him, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, man, I got my van full of kids. We've got a van full of food and we're going to feed protesters. 
And I was like, oh, wow, man. And I was like, well, there's a, a protest that's happening here. And I thought about going. I haven't thought about going. And he was like, man, you know what? Minneapolis has been your home for so long. And that's where Risen Drums, the drum company, that, which is now Franklin Drum Company. Our inner company is there as yeah, well. Yeah, Alclair. So Minneapolis for many, many years has been a, a part of our life. And, um, and he was like, man, I'm not telling you to go to the protest to protest. I'm telling you to go and learn about sympathy and learn about empathy and learning about trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes or see their story through your eyes so that you understand. And as an artist, you should be down there because you are not in art to choose a side. You're in mm. art to build a bridge. Wow. And what, what your purpose is to learn about mm. all of these different elements. So you have the tools to build a bridge and really try to challenge people, people's thinking on both ends and myself in this. And, um, and so that's, what's interesting to me about push and pull is how do we build the bridge? Wow. You know, what, what, where am I thinking at where it's not on a side, but it's an overall perspective of building unity and community and, um, and how are you doing that through your art? Uh, obviously for us, it's, it can be a little bit weird and strange uh, at the same time. It's, what we're going through and how we feel and their real stories, you know? Yeah. And, and sometimes those things aren't pretty, but the picture's still being painted. Mm. That's good. So through that, through, yeah. through that process of dealing with, even for me, watching Veronica go through depression and trying to be optimistic for her. But as soon as her therapy session was over, she was light as a bird. I was kind of feeling like, Oh my gosh, now I see her on a different level. Yeah. Uh, but the difference too through it all is that creativity spawned through that conversation yeah, of me going to the protest. So I went down there with my pastor and another friend and, um, and saw like history, you know, history, historical things and, um, and feelings and emotions and coming back to Fort Smith after being in Nashville, um, going, meeting up at a studio called studio 221 meeting, um, the owner there and our engineer Steele and he and I become writing partners to this process, but starting to write from the perspective of how screens control us and mm. how screens, how screens almost, they show us who to hate, who to love, who to care about, who to care for. Wow. They show us, you know, they show us paths without us even knowing the control that we give the slaves that we are to. And man, I'm super guilty. I'm looking at you on a screen right now, Darren. Yeah. yeah. Like what, what? So writing about these, these kinds of things that, um, that maybe people could see a different perspective, you know, of direction and in, in a sense. And so it's been like, it's a lot of great things and a lot of bad things that come out of it. Our biggest takeaway from our therapist is that we needed to shrink our world. In the, especially in that moment, because I just felt like literally the weight of the world. And he's like, you need to shrink your world. You need to turn the news off. You know, you need to quit. Because it's not like he was even watching a specific channel. He was watching all the channels. I became obsessed. Yeah. And Most of us were staying at yeah. a friend's house. It's, the, it's called the Shine Box. And, yeah. and he's been my friend for 30 years. And he lets and, us park out front. And he's a super good dude. I bounce all music ideas off of him. And we bounce everything off of each other. Anyway, yeah, I mean... So like shrinking my world, our world was huge, but have you seen social dilemma? 
I keep hearing about it and I'm refusing to watch it because of the guilt that I know will, <laughs> will come my way. I've guilt. heard all about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it was more enlightening to me than, yeah, yeah, yeah. than guilt, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just kind of like, uh, I had really, I didn't know we were that controlled. Like yeah. I just didn't know that. So yeah. it's a trip. It yeah. really is I've a trip. You, yeah. You'll get there. Yeah. You'll get there. <laughs> I'll, grow anyway. up. I'll grow up someday. So, I mean, I know that was heavy, but that's kind of what 2020 did to us. So, and there's a, there's a, another high moment too. Like, we had a song that hit number 33 on like <laughs> the billboard, billboard charts. charts. <laughs> that happened. Yeah. Crazy, right? Yeah. Right? He got accepted into the Grammy Academy, which yeah, is pretty that's cool. Right, so, Grammy. I mean, and wow. he got drummer of the year last year. So, for a, it's called the Grizzly Awards. And yeah. so, he actually, so, we had some really cool stuff, um, but also it spawned into some really dark crazy times as well but i feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel we're getting through this so i want to hit on something you guys as i'm calling you guys musicians right that's what you do that's who you are you i imagine you work really hard to get to a place like you might have some goals in mind or some things that you're looking towards and when you start to see some momentum like you guys were seeing getting getting booked on and bigger festivals playing for with some bigger bands, whatever. And it kind of gets taken away from you in this place right now. What's the mindset towards that? Is it a, I think there's two ways you can go, right? You can get back to the grind and you can strive really hard to get back to that place or you can do what, like what, where are you guys at with that? Uh, So first of all, like last year's tour schedule for me, you know, when you play music, I've been playing drums for 35 years. So yeah. uh started in 1986. We're not <clears throat> too far apart. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but like the things that you dream about when you're a kid, why do you even get into music in the first place? You know? Um, and then, you know, we've been a band for 15 years working, 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 scratching working, and clawing. scratching and clawing. And, you know, no one sees what goes on behind the scenes. They see the spectacular things from your Facebook pages and yep. your social media pages and all those elements, but they don't see like 24 seven and, and going, man, what, there's no handbook. What are we supposed to be doing here? And last year was one of those years that I had dreamed about. They're working so hard, so hard, so hard. And you're finally playing festivals and you got your name in the little bitty print on some yeah. of these places. And, you know, selfishly, that's, yeah. it's like, dude, Ah, I remember watching these guys like Quiet Right. I remember watching this MTV. Yeah. Yeah. And playing with this, you know, things like that. And so to see it just fizzle away was um ah just a a killer. You know, we're like, man, because we could have gained more momentum, more momentum. And we did have a song on the charts. So how do you promote that without touring, you know, bragging about it, I guess is what you would do. Uh, I don't know because I've never (laughs) had that ever happen before. (laughs) <laughs> that's funny yeah, that's that's a good point yeah My, uh, it was that song was um the number one most added at that moment and i don't know how many moments there are in a year but at that moment it was the number one weekly and my son said man what's it like to write a number one song and wow. i was like i never even thought about ever in my life anyway all those things to say that we're booking this year and hopefully you know, things open up because that's what happened last year. It was like, okay, 
they rescheduled to this day and then this festival rescheduled this day and how are we going to pull off four festivals on the same day when they're different states and and then it kept bunching up bunching up bunching up and then it was like we have to cancel everything Mm. and then our last three shows were were in states that maybe haven't shut everything down yet and then we we felt guilty. Our convi- we were convicted. So a couple of, we did have an opportunity to play a few shows last year, but through our convictions and just wanting to keep people safe, we backed out and, you know, just, we were like, we just don't want to feel responsible if something happens. And ironically, like even one of the shows, the promoter was like on Facebook the next week, my whole family has COVID. And we're like, oh, wow. oh, ouch, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so we were like, we would just rather be patient and, um, follow our convictions mm. that do something reckless and so i mean but then like like rock so and roll many, let's go but yeah. so yeah. many people had it so much worse yeah you know than us and so it's like you just kind of put life into perspective and it's like yeah we're down but everybody's down yeah. and you and know no yeah we're locked we're locked yeah in this little like we got a new rv and so it's literally we live in like 50 square feet literally when we're not here at our friend gary's house and i'm like but you know what we have each other and we were literally best friends like i we struck the lottery with our relationship i feel like and so like we have things that people don't have and so trying to find the positive you know getting to live in downtown nashville for half a year well i mean super cool and that's another thing too darren like there were a few people that would call and say, Hey, are you guys all right? Are you guys good? And we're like, man, we've been living like this for 13 years. (laughs) Is something going on? What's, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, literally like you don't know how serious people are taking it. You got your news on the phone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're, we're just walking around outside, but that that's what it was. It was like, man, we, we have, we're probably more prepared for, end of the world situation than most people everything we own is in a truck we have a generator we have whatever that we need to at least survive a little bit or drive somewhere and um and thankful for our supporters for for helping us get through that process too because i know that's not easy and everyone was down but at the same time we have learned to live off so little that nothing in, in that sense has changed. Like it's always been, where's our next paycheck coming yeah. from? How do we get gas? Did we make enough to order new t-shirts and then oh, right. repairs on your vehicle? And- tour essentially pays for itself. And so sure. we're not on tour. So we're just kind of living off of our, our monthly donors anyway. And so, I mean, thankfully because of them, we really truly were yeah. able to survive. And so, I mean, yeah, it was, it, it was definitely tough and definitely a bummer. And like, I, like, I, like, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I like, kind of felt bad for somebody like Billie Eilish. I know it's hard to feel bad for Billie Eilish, but this girl was like at the tippy yeah, top yeah. of her game. I mean, she stayed, she's managed to stay there, but I feel like it would have elevated even more had she had the opportunity last year yeah. to, to be Billie Eilish, not just on socials or whatever. And so, you know, for like, even for somebody like that, you're like, man, it's a bummer. You know, it's just, it's not fair, but that's life. Yeah. Do you, do you feel like this changed the touring industry in the future? I mean, how do you guys gauge that? Do you feel like it's going to be affected one way or the other? Uh, one, oh, sorry. one thing that I know for a fact is our favorite venue in town shut down. And so how many favorite venues and how many different towns have shut down? Well, what about Nashville? 
And yeah, yeah. I mean, even Exit In, which it's is a like, like it's a years. historic wow. venue, like literally the heartbeat of Nashville. Every everybody. And it's up for sale. Like it's wow. just crazy. And so I feel like so many people have gotten like complacent and settled at home. Are they going to go out? They get to watch stuff on live. Mm. Like, you know, you can't capture, you really just can't capture the feeling of a live show online. You just can't do it. And I feel like we provide an energy and we offer an energy to people when they come and see us that you can't see live, but are they going to come? I don't know. And we we have a screen behind us. So maybe that's an attractive. (laughs) More screens, more screens. But I, and I've heard like um, Ticketmaster, um, last I read anyway, was requiring either a vaccine or a negative COVID test to even get into events. Right. And so, you know, there's a lot has changed. But like as a touring, as any touring artist, that's your bread and butter, really. Like you're not yeah. making money off Spotify. Our friends were bragging about having a million Spotify streams the other day. Which is amazing. Don't yeah. get me yeah. wrong. We don't yeah. even have but like not 2, even close. Yeah. But 1, <laughs> Spotify would pay them like four grand for that. For a million plays. Wow. They get like four thousand dollars that they have to share amongst their six band members, management team, the label, the distributor. Everybody's yeah. walking away with like 150 bucks. Yeah. For a million streams. Yeah. The touring's like our bread and butter. It's where we're selling merch. It's where we're making connections. That's where we're meeting people face to face. That's what that's what we love most about it too is the human interaction and and you know what was hard too uh I think like on our tour that we did before COVID um you know not many people you're still competing with Netflix you're still competing with whatever uh, people our age you know have kids they've got soccer game baseball game blah 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 you know you've got so much going on in your life so yeah. like really who's your audience who is going to come out because things are opening back up you know, people are more apt to go and get their kids involved to do things and you're out doing things as well. So it is trying to get people to come to shows because I feel like before it was dying. And I realize that the, I feel like the touring world, how we do it is a dinosaur. You know, we've, it's true. I feel like this has been the eighties, the nineties. We're still, we're, we're trying to transition. Going more, down the ship. <laughs> but I mean, but that's the thing. We so what's have that to, mean? What's that mean for you guys? Like, what is that? How are you? Well, uh, I think navigating one, we just, yeah, we just went through a huge like change um, in, in our life with, with logos and, and uh, like a rebranding. Yeah. yeah. Rebranding, you know, that's been super cool to really find ourselves in it and who we are. And, Sorry, go ahead. And I think through COVID and through this new music and through this whatever this looks like for us through the new logo change for whatever, it feels like we are starting to really become who we really are as artists. Mm. And I feel like COVID has helped us grow through that and then find that. And I feel like we're doing something we're evolving again, which is awesome. So I feel like a decision I made based on touring through COVID is it's something I've kind of done in the past, but I've not been like super intentional about is stopping to see people along the way when we tour. Yeah. And so I told T, I'm like, I want to do less shows and more people. And so our supporters, like I said, 14 times already kept us alive through this. I need to be way more intentional about popping up wow. two and a half hours to go hang out with a supporter mm. 
you know, getting back on the, on, on the road, instead of just grind, grind, grind with show, 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 praying somebody shows up, let's, let's invest in the people that are already investing in us and that believe in what we're doing and want to see us succeed. And hopefully through the performances, finding more people that just, that's what we do. We just can like big fan reunions. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's almost like a, not, it won't just be like a supporter tour, but they will definitely be added to it. And then even like with chat with us, I told T if, people continue and really like doing this, I would love to do chats in person. And so like, Hey, I know you reached out, you know, a while ago and you're in wherever Ohio, you know, we're passing through. Would you like to do a chat in person? And so stuff like that. I I mean, I think, I don't know. I think less shows, more people, but still shows. There's a, (laughs) there's a lot to putting new, new stuff together and right. Like everything's changing. You know, do you put an album out first? Do you put, every all the singles out first and then put it out like what what is the evolution of what a business world looks like um in 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 all of this as well and and through covid i mean that's had to challenge us to realize okay beyond touring what is it that we need to work at and um yeah and, and we have recognized that and now it's putting that into place i mean it's your choice right here's all the steps here's all the knowledge here's where it's going if you so choose to do that. And that's for every artist, you know, whomever it is. Do you choose to keep putting your life out in where everyone can see it? Do you choose to keep, what is it that you're doing? And um, I think that's, that's the difficult part for us and the the hard step forward for us too. One of the biggest things that people ask us about our marriage and our relationship, my, my advice to them, because there are people are always like, Oh, he changed. Well, you're going to change. Like he and I are not, we just celebrated 20 years marriage in January. And I'm not the same person I was 20 years ago. He is not. And so either you're going to grow and change together or you're going to grow and change apart. Mm. And I feel yeah. like that's us with the with the music industry. Whether I like it or not, you either got to grow and change together, or you're going to grow and change to, apart. And so, even though like we love concept albums and everything we've done is a concept album, it's, it's, we're going to have to release them as singles because that's just the how it is. You know, you'll yeah. get our you'll get the concept album in the live show. Well, not true because I have an idea for this. I think we're going to do concept all the way through, and then you release the concept after you give the puzzle. Anyway, that's yes, fine. That's yeah, cool. really small as singles. I can see where this sounds is like going. art. Sounds like <laughs> art. So I like I like this. It's it's this is part of creativity as well. I think. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna obviously have many people that are on my feed that have never heard of White Collar Sideshow. Give me a quick elevator pitch explanation of what is White Collar Sideshow. I don't know what he's looking up, but you're going to read like a I'm mission just, statement. No, I'm just going to read our, this is the grid. We got to do elevator pitch. Where did it come from? Where did it come? What's, what's the heart behind white collar side show? Essentially T literally had a series of dreams that created our first album. And we took all those dreams and turned it into reality. And we provide the live soundtrack to a film that plays on stage with us. It started out very, very avant-garde back in 2008. (laughs) Very. And then it has evolved since then. Our second album was kind of more of a horror movie. And then now our third album is um, based on identity. And we use 
masks and other visuals to try to give messages. Like there's messages all throughout yeah. the things that we do because we love that sort of a thing. And so we have touched 46 states and 20 countries together since 2008 doing this. And everybody thought we were crazy and nobody thought it would last. We've never required a contract or. I didn't think it was going to last. I didn't think it was going to last. Yeah. But we, we both quit our jobs. We sold our four bedroom house, sold all of our cars, sold everything. I was managing a multi-million dollar music company and literally walked away from everything to do this. And our, our first show had a lot to do with uh, pornography and then an eating disorder that I developed, um, kind of tied into his pornography addiction. And then the second show, his brother was killed in a head-on car accident. And a lot of the emotions that uh, people deal with when they're dealing with a tragedy went into our second show. And our third one actually came out of a really good place, a really positive place, which was new and different for us. <laughs> I, was, I had struggled and just completely fallen apart again and um, and had to you know call and ask for forgiveness, had to wake up and realize who you are as a human being after touring and traveling for so long, you know, yeah. you just, you forget who you are mm. you know? and it's easy to just completely fall apart when you're not on the journey. Cause you don't know what to do. And, uh, and that was me completely fell apart and, ah, uh, it was bad. Yeah. And so we, we've used music as our excuse to hang out with people and to connect yeah. with people and reach out you know that's and that's kind of been our driving force it it gives us the platform and then people will come talk to us darren can you see that we talk a lot do what now? Just let me say we're an industrial shock and roll band yes. that's what we are we yeah. have we we do original film that's edited to our shows and um it's drums and bass so if you like i play bass and cool sing. sci-fi crazy horror music then that's what we do and he drums and sings and everything else is our magical computer and we use our images to um all of it's part of our life so it's just trying to connect with people who are struggling and we're trying to help each other figure it out and find the journey and, and or do do the journey together yeah you know and, and hopefully finding the good lord and looking for direction in it and we're not perfect. Like we fall down through this journey. I mean, I <laughs> as close as you can possibly be to perfection. I understand. I understand. We're not perfect, and and we struggle all the time. We're human beings, and a lot of times that's what creates art for us. A lot of times that's how we tell the stories. Um, and a lot of times we're trying to figure it out, man. You know, I'm 45 years old, trying to figure out like, Lord, am I still supposed to be doing my color side show? Do you have something else for me? And what are we doing? Like, you know, and it's trying to follow direction and stay focused and clear. And um, obviously COVID has made a lot of those things blurry, distracted. Mm. I call it static. Like what's the static that's, that's getting in your way. What is it? That's uh, anyway. And then finding the Lord through all that. So I want to, gets like super basic with you. I want to explain a little bit about what I see from your guys's art. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I was, I appreciate the concept stuff and I really, really value, like I love live shows. I'm just like UV. Like I, there's nothing better than a live musical performance. Like it's, it's, you can't get it without being live. And I appreciate all of that stuff about you guys. But this latest record, I was like, oh, they rock. Like, 
the music was there because we were in this music world now, right? Like I had no choice but to stay at home and listen. When you guys released the album, I was like, wow, I could I could jam to this, you know? And so I appreciated. I felt like there was an evolution there. Yes, I was just fixing to say that. Great yeah. word. And it has to be, part of it has to be, correct me if I'm wrong, but part of it has to be the fact that you two, you guys are, you're now a, a duo, right? Like Man, I think that, um, so yeah, I think when Phil had decided to uh, move to New Orleans, that's where he's at. I'm going to go throw the asparagus in the oven. I'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> Veronica <laughs> is an amazing chef. Even on the road, she's an amazing <laughs> chef. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, um, it, it kind of... You guys were a duo. Yeah, well, <laughs> Just for, for 10 years, we had a third drummer, right? Phil, yeah. and he was Air Swine. He was the guy who would wear the pig mask. And if you see old videos of us, you'll see our drummer dressed up like a pig. And and Phil was a, an amazing drummer and a good dude. And I've known him for years. And he's, he's um, man, I don't see him very often anymore. But he's a huge part of white collar history and a huge part of our life. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, when he decided to move forward in his life, which was awesome. Um, Veronica and I were like, I had already written this whole album, at least had the concept tracks. And I had written it all when we were in Brazil or most of it, and then came back and kind of redefined re everything here. Um, our producer is Chris Baseford, and he's worked with like Rob Zombie and John Five and yeah. Nickelback and like Avril Lavigne. Um, like all these people, like, and who are we? Like, we are definitely the dogs under the table. But he loves like what you said, Darren. He loves, um, being able to see the art yeah. and he likes to see like how do we capture the live show and make it more musical too and i did our first album together i worked with chris chris baseford is his name uh we did the second the witch hunt album and you can see the evolution from that mm -hmm. and chris would always say man you're not trying to write you're not trying to write the greatest album of all time you are just trying to do better than what you did last time. Like, what did you hear last time? Mistakes or things we need to add? What, what did you feel? And for me, uh, being challenged by Chris, I felt like I became a better songwriter um, and, and would write more drums as poetry to the music rather mm. than write a drum show. Yeah. And it wasn't like that until Phil left because I was writing Phil's drum parts in there too. And mm. it would have been, drum intensive it would have been so drum intensive if i had more music but it wouldn't have turned into what it did and i feel like that's when we discovered also in the studio veronica sang a few backup parts on some songs and chris was like and and then i was like we, i think we looked at each other we gotta have her on every song and she's not on there enough i went into the studio i think i was gonna sing on like two songs she's amazing and then chris had me on nine and and i feel like she should have been on more i mean she Veronica really can't sing. Um, the, when we were first married, she would sing at church. So I knew she could sing, but she's always been the faceless woman and she would play bass and wear a mask and yep. a big nine foot go-go cage. And she was a character playing bass in the show. So this was the first time we were like, well, let's completely change who we are and let's be us. Like why be something that we're not? Yeah. And not that we were never, we didn't believe in what we were doing, but after being, we were sleeping on a warehouse floor for a year and a half um struggling with that we sold our last rv a lot faster than we'd anticipated yeah. <laughs> so really we're sleeping on blow-up mattresses good friend of ours on a really a really good friend of ours that we love dearly um helped had given us a room in his warehouse 
And um, so we were kind of living out there, but going through those kinds of things to uh, get to the studio. I mean, oh my gosh, the struggles and how, and I didn't come here to die. All of that music, all of it, the whole concept behind everything that you're struggling with and then finding freedom yeah. at the very end, you know, and, and going, man, I didn't come here to die. And so we wanted an old Western title. Yeah. It's yeah. A, kind of a bummer though. Like this album definitely can stand alone as just a rock album. You yes. know, you don't have to see the live show. It's always been like, Oh, but you have to see him live. Yeah. You have yeah. to see us live. You have to see us live. Yeah. But I feel like anybody that saw our first two albums and maybe didn't love it or whatever might not give us a shot on this last one because they just thought it was just gonna be more of the same. And right. I'm like, oh, and the new stuff. Oh man. It's so good. Yeah. Like man, it's I... so good. And it's inspired. So many of the lyrics are inspired by 2020. Yeah. Becoming yeah. a bridge. Yeah. And That's so good. It's, oh, it's, I can't wait. Like I just can't wait. I don't know. I mean, California is still pretty locked down. And so yeah. it's like going there to record in the option anytime soon, but I've got a lot of crazy ideas. I'm, I'm just, I'm, Darren, you know, my brain is You're a maniac, bro. You are. I have so many things happening in my phone and even in my notes. I overwhelm my myself. mission from the Lord. My yeah. number one mission is TD Benton. <laughs> yeah, man. If it, if it wasn't for Veronica, all right. She plays bass, right? She sings a little bit, whatever. Uh, manager, tour manager, booking agent. Uh, she doesn't drive. She doesn't play drums. I'm your chef. She's the chef. Train. She's the trainer. She's social the navigator. Media. She does all social media. It's she, easier to say I don't drive and play drums. Yeah. yeah. I do <laughs> she is the queen. Like I do a lot of most of the creative. Yeah. And she does all the business Although and that's I, her creative too. i wrote a chorus already in one of the new songs yes yeah and she's singing a lot more on the new stuff which i'm so happy about because i feel like the transition in our career of white collar where veronica really not that she never had a voice but she didn't have a voice to get to where we were on the last album which she was the icing on the cake i mean yeah i i, I agree I'm, those songs are i feel like are some of the best songs i've ever written um and and I feel like it's because of the evolution. Did you ever watch the Beastie Boys documentary? Recently? Uh, part of it. No, I have not finished it. Uh, yeah. So I've watched yeah. it about five or six times. Yeah. And and I feel like so what you were talking about to go back to COVID twenty twenty, watching the Beastie Boys document documentary. If if you haven't watched it, um, even if you don't like the Beastie Boys, this their story is really inspirational to watch them be the beastie boys that you know fight for your right and come back and fall completely flat on their faces and don't talk to each other for two years to get together and put put together one of the greatest rap albums of all time that nobody cared about at the time yeah. i mean in that transition they could have quit they could have went and did other jobs but what else are we going to do i mean yeah. so they get together and they learn how to play their own instruments and they they got better than what it was and then to watch them go watch their manager say hey you're you're not going to play arena shows right now. Are you kidding me? We got to start back from the very beginning. You got to play these small clubs. You got to work your way back up. And then when they finally got back up, it was sabotage. Yeah. I mean, they could have stopped right then and quit. Yep. Oh my gosh, we're doing this. Yep. Right. But uh, even for us, like even if white collar ever ended, there's, there's something more like it's still being creative and it's still writing music because that's who you are as an artist. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm 
wanting to work with my son on some things and, and maybe do a project together in the future. He's 24 this year, by the way. Yeah. So if you, if you <laughs> look crazy. at old videos, in our first video, I think posters, he was nine. That's crazy. Yeah, I, think, I think he was nine. He wears wow. a gas mask. If he's playing with us back leech. when he was a young kid. Leech. Right. The yep. leech. That's right. The yeah. leech. He just graduated from college. So I heard, I heard something, I heard it yesterday on Instagram that you guys are the reason 21 Pilots is so big. Is that true? <laughs> it's all, our, it's all it. because of us. No, yeah, yeah we, pl- we met those guys 10 years ago in uh, Ohio at Punk Rock Prom. And it was Tyler, and then it was another and guy on drums. Great Transparency was playing. Great Transparency yep. and Good Night Wednesday. Yeah, Good Night Wednesday. And Levi the Poet. Levi, Levi, wow. was Levi, Levi yeah. had just gotten married and they, did we, uh, anyway, we ended up in Ohio, whatever, but 21 pilots were sitting there talking and T has this huge conversation with Tyler, their, their lead. Well, guy. the first time they it played was, with us, they were a three piece. It was a three piece. And and it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't Josh. Yeah. yeah. On it, was drums. Different band. it was another guy, then a guy on bass and then yeah. Tyler being Tyler. But like we, they had huge conversations and we were just so drawn to them yeah but then that summer we kept connecting at a bunch of different summer festivals and so we would just like and like they would play these like ichthus a huge summer festival yeah, yeah. in kentucky there'd be like 20 people in front of the stage it was so like, funny what are you people don't even know what you're missing yeah. i remember we were at uh, one of the festival tents watching them and i think we were playing later that night or something and i kept thinking oh my gosh why are they not but I called my buddy Art. Art, uh, he plays bass for Living Sacrifice. And I called, I said, Art, come over here and watch these guys. They're going to be huge. And they were selling out Madison Square Garden like the next year or, you know, a couple years later. Wow. Like they would have like two nights in a row sold out. Number, number just, one on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> we played a place in Ohio and they actually came and, and watched. And uh, yeah, after they were huge, like, after our, when our second album came out, they had already blown up, signed with Fueled by Robin and Robin and everything, but they came to one of our shows in Ohio. Which I remember cool. having That's really good cool. conversations with Tyler back then, and um, and I will say they weren't wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> but I was drawn to his creativity and and the conversations his that showmanship, were, yeah, that, that we were having. They're one of my faves for sure. Yeah, his creative stuff, and, yep. and that's many years ago, so he probably doesn't remember me at all. Yeah. <laughs> so white collar sideshow ministry or art. Is it ministry yeah. or is it art? I know it's, a, you know, it's always a, a challenging thing when you bring up the box of Christianity and I'm a, I'm, do you want to be a Christian artist? You want to be a Christian artist. And a lot of people are on two sides of that thing. We said musicianaries yeah. for years. Musicianaries yeah. is a good word. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ministry. I, I feel like if, if, if you're following the Lord, like that's your whole life in general, like whether, whether, whether you are doing what the Lord's calling you to do or not. Yeah. Um, I feel like, you know, who he is and who he's been in your life. And, you know, again, I've fallen many times, and, but I know that I know that Jesus has changed me. And I also know that if it wasn't for the good Lord in my life, I would not be at <clears throat> this moment right here, having a conversation with you. I, the Lord changed my life. Mm. And because of that domino effect, that's why we do what we do. So all we're doing is using our art to really connect with other people and maybe challenge someone's thinking or inspire other artists to dream big with, you know, nothing in your back pocket. And, uh, and, and really like who, who, who are we? Like we're finding our identity 
is beyond art and that those two things it's easy to it's easy for you to become the art yeah and and your identity is what you should bring to your art where it gets twisted and and that's been a long journey through this for me um but now i i think i've finally realized that man if i can if i can just keep creating art and creating mm. um and connecting with people let's just keep doing this. Yeah. And I you think, know. you know, the Lord is the ultimate creator. Right. I don't think that I know that. Like yep. you look at the universe, the Lord, look at each of us as individual humans. He is We're the ultimate art, yeah. creator yeah. and we were made in his image. And so we were made to create. And so whether you're cooking a meal or drawing or painting or whatever it is, like you are creating in the name of the Lord, because that's what he made you to do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Aaron, if someone says, are you guys a Christian band? Yeah. Um, Sometimes they even say that on Christian radio yep. interviews. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you guys are Christian band. I'll <laughs> usually say, you know what? Um, I believe that we, that we are artists Yes. and, um, and that we're believers. Uh, but I think art is for everyone. Yep. And, and I don't want a box around my art that might not let someone out or might not let someone in, or might just keep someone crawling around trying to figure out, should I be in there? Or should I be out here? Mm. I just, man, I just feel like, Let's just connect. Let's let's figure out. And and if it's something, if you see the show and you've got questions, or if you see the show and you connect with it, mm. and you need to have a conversation with me, man. Please, like, yeah. let's do it. Let's hang out and and let's figure out what's next. Yeah. No, I think it's crazy because most you know most Christians would say that God is an artist, right? Like, look at the sunset. He's the beautiful artist. But when it comes to human beings, they have a hard time being okay with us just being an artist. And I feel like the minute ministry can be ministry can be gross. I've experienced gross ministry. True art can be accepted by everyone, like you said. And so I feel like let's let's be okay with being artists, you know, let's be okay with painting the picture that God has put on our heart, whatever that is. And, and being okay with that. I, I think it's, it's more of a, it's more of a chore to try to be like the best ministry guy I can be. It's, oh, man. it's much more free to like, I'm just going to be an artist, you know? And what's in me, like, like you said, V is like, God created me to paint a picture and if I'm more focused on ministering to people than I am like painting art, you know, I don't know. I just feel like it's okay to, 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 to say this is art, you know? Yeah. yeah. I got convicted um, several years ago before my dad passed away. I, he, he was not a Christ follower and I was just like, Lord, like he's dying. You got to do something. And he's like, "V, you don't save people. I save people. Mm. That's not your job. I didn't call you to save people. I do that through the yeah. Holy Spirit. Yep. Your job is to love and serve. So you need to go and love and serve your dad. That's good. And I did. And he ended up um, accepting the Lord 60 hours before he died. Wow. Not through me. Even like that's the whole, it's a whole crazy, crazy, crazy story. Um, but yeah. And so, and it's simply because the Lord told me to love and serve because I don't, I'm not in the, in the business of, Saving people. That's yeah, what he does. That's good. You need to step back, V. That's good. Stay in your lane. So. so what's coming up? What's coming up for you guys? 
you, you, you hinted some new music. You hinted some new music. You told me you were writing music. Well, yeah, maybe. I mean, this might be. I mean, yeah. this may be our last. Like, you know, we'll do these shows if they happen in the fall, and that might be it for those shows. And then yeah. we just go start I don't know, doing man. one. It just depends because I would still like to take that show to Brazil. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, yeah. And that prolongs things. Yeah, we. I mean, we've got Germany. friends all over the country that want. Chilly. And I want to show them this show. I want to. Yeah. So that might make it a little bit longer. Um, but we are, we've decided to wait till August to book some shows. Hopefully they'll really happen. If not, everybody else is going to cancel right along with us. So yeah. it is what it is. And we'll just, you know, keep doing what we do. Darren, I'll tell you what's really like, what's up is having to, right? Like you did one, we did one show last year, live from quarantine. Um, in fact, if you haven't watched it, please go watch it. Yeah, I haven't. I didn't know you did great. that. Okay. Yeah. Our, yeah. It's on YouTube yeah. and Facebook. It's just our live court, live from Nashville. Yeah, we filmed it with three iPhones. And wow. it's yeah, one day, three iPhones. Our, our buddy from Nashville, David Lynn, uh, mixed it. And, um, and it sounds really cool. I'm super proud of it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, where was I going with all that? Because we haven't played in, we <laughs> oh, played yeah, in a year. Yeah, we haven't played in a year. So, um, trying to we still work out we still try to stay in shape we still try to get healthy but covid can really slow that down although we have been not too bad but have i been playing my parts and singing at the same time and i gotta get back into shape drumming yeah drumming's a different kind of shape ain't it so three yeah. i think i did yeah. i did three times yesterday but i'm trying to get back to where i was on that youtube show so uh, that's my that's my par because I feel like we're on top of our game yeah, on man. that show. Yeah, and so and we're not far from that, but man, you just can't take it for granted. Like you know, in 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 my age group, like yeah. trying to get back into it, sing and play, and stay in shape, and uh, there's a whole challenge to that as well. Yeah, a well oiled machine. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully, kind of back at it. Until then, we'll just be chatting with people, and you'll see us buzzing online in and out. So let's, let's real quick, we'll end this thing with the, the chat with us thing. So I've got, I've got some friends, uh, they have gone full time into this ministry that they described as what you guys are doing. It's called safe time. And they literally take FaceTime calls and talk to people. And when they first told me about this, I'm like, that's like, so freaking simple, but it's the most <laughs> unique ministry I've ever heard. Like, we'll basically the whole thing is we will listen for 45 minutes. We'll listen. Yeah. And yeah. it's they are busier than crap. They get so many calls. And so when I saw you guys posting that, I'm like, there is a place for that. And I I want you to talk about that real quick. Just like how has that been for you? It's it's a shift from music. It's a shift from your life, actually um, just communicating with people. How, what kind of things are you seeing from that? Um, it's a lot of heavy stuff has definitely come out through people's conversation. We're just so transparent and just kind of wear our hearts on our sleeves and just lay it all out for a lot of people. So I feel like they know that they're in a safe space and have an opportunity just to go second and and obviously everything is you know 
you, anything anyone says to you is, is a, is a confidential yeah. conversation. Of course. It's been great for, for me personally though, um, selfishly, because someone will get on, of course you're having these conversations and, and, um, and even if you don't know the yeah. person, it's still rad because it's, how are you doing? Blah, 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 blah. How'd you do through this? How'd you do through this? And it just takes off, but it's almost like you need, you almost need to throw up. Yeah. And it, and you're helping that person throw up and know that it's okay. You know, get it out. Let's get it. Let's get it all out. And let's, let's flush those thoughts and let's try to get something else. Let the good Lord put something else up in there. You know, dude, my, my friends get calls from people all over the world. Like all over the world. What does that say? Like, what, what does that say to you about, I don't know. I'm not, I don't want to bag the church, but have we done a good enough job of just listening to people in our circle that they're willing to call somebody on, on FaceTime to listen to them because nobody else will, or at least they don't feel safe around their circle of, of people. But I think it's amazing what you guys are doing with that. And it's, again, it's pretty simple, isn't it? It is. It really yeah. is. And that, and it, like I said, it spawned out of my depression and just being like, wow, there's probably people that need somebody to talk to. And, mm. and it's, we didn't know if anybody would sign up. I think like the first time, cause we haven't really been like promoting it crazy. Cause it is yeah. still kind of a sad oh, yeah. thing, yeah. you know, like I can only take so many calls a week yep. um, because I've got all these other things going on, but you know, just getting so many calls set up almost immediately. And then anytime I post anything about it, we'll get more, people and people we don't know, which is really fun. Yeah. You know, it's been, it's been fun. Like having the people that are like dear, dear friends that we've stayed with over the yeah. years, just FaceTime and catch up, whatever. But whenever we do get to chat with somebody that we don't really know at all, it's really rewarding. So, and like I said, hopefully we can even do these in person when the world opens up. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I've even talked about us getting certified to do like relationship coaching. You know, we've been married 20 years. Yeah. You know, like, We've been through a lot. We've, yeah. I mean, you've been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're going through but, a lot. Yeah. yeah. Right. And so, I don't know. We'll just, we'll see where it goes, but yeah. right well, now be, it's, it's working. Beyond the church, really like how, how, why couldn't we even come together as one united world through something that was affecting all of our countries? Yeah. I mean, yeah. yes. Could the church have stepped in and mm-hmm. become a leader of Hey, let's create unity. Um, but at the same time, I feel like all of us, all, our governments, all, all of us as people to see, to see something, you know, overtake our whole world and you're seeing, it. it's not like it's, you know, you're seeing it happen. Yeah. Why we couldn't connect and unify and go, man, let's do this one thing. I mean, what's next? What's, yeah. what's next on the list? I mean, even for, for someone struggling through, um, trying to figure out where their next paycheck is coming from, or mm. I've got a baby in a hospital or a, someone's dying. I can't even go and visit them and, and all these things, you know, there's, why couldn't we just unify and yeah. figure it out together? You know, why couldn't the top 10 scientists get together and, right. and you know, yeah. make something up on the spur of the moment? Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> but yeah. I don't know. I mean, yes, yes, the church. Yes, we yeah. should all be examples of loving and serving each other. And I know that's difficult and, and hard to do. Yeah. At the same time, I, I'm super guilty yeah, yeah, yeah. of stepping way short of all those things. Yeah. Man, I'm thankful for you guys. I appreciate you. 
I'm thankful for you, man. I, I really appreciate this conversation. This and, has and been feel, good. Like it just feels good to talk, you know. It does. Even though it's, it's a podcast or or whatever, it no. feels it just feels good to to let loose. There's something about the, a connection. I mean, it's kind of crazy. We talked about the Razorbacks and we talked about drumming and stuff like that. Oh, I feel like I'm in in all seriousness. I think there's something that connects people that they don't even recognize there's a connection until there's communication. Right. Like, so like, right. Just, I mean, you wouldn't have known that about me and I wouldn't know stuff about you if we didn't open our mouth and talk to each other, you know? Sure. So I think and you know, a, something that people do have through COVID is COVID is something that has connected all of us, whether we realize that or true. not, there's something in common yeah. now um, that gives us an opportunity to build a relationship with someone or maybe help someone through that because we all know how it feels. Yeah. Someone's been affected. Someone. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Well, thank you guys for joining me. I really appreciate it. You guys are beautiful, beautiful people. And I think there's something behind the uh, counseling, if you will, or whatever you want to call that. But I think life, life, life experiences and, you know, marriage is a big thing and you guys know how to do that. Well, yes. yeah. yeah, you just listen to your wife. That's right. It's easy. It's a happy spouse, happy house. And you go to McDonald's at least once a year, right? At least once a year. <laughs> Man, Keeps you would hot. think McDonald's would give us like a free chicken nugget or something. They um, commented on my Instagram post this year. Did they? It's the first time of social media. There we go. Like, obviously, we've been married 20 years, so social yeah. wasn't around for the first good chunk of it. But this is the first time that the actual proper McDonald's commented. I'm like, what? See, man, you guys are on the up and up. So if it, for people who don't know, every year on Valentine's Day, for the last 21 years in a row, we have gone to McDonald's. That's our Valentine's date. So I don't, and I don't have photo evidence of all of them because again, smartphones and that's right. You know, we had a little Nokia flip phone back in the day. I will bet you that McDonald's has not commented on 21 Pilots stuff. Right? No doubt. So you guys That's are moving. We, we made it. McDonald's. <laughs> you guys are moving and grooving. Thank you, White Collar Sideshow. I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you Thanks. for having Very us. Very thankful. We will... Blessings to you guys this next year. I'm excited. Thank I'm excited you. for what's going on up here, TD. Yeah. Hey, man, there's a lot going on I up am. there. So, yeah. Hey, Darren, thank you so much for having us. And, and we super appreciate you. Yeah. For anybody that wants anything else about us, just Google White Collar Sideshow. Where can they find you? What, what, what's the best place to find WhitecollarSideshow.com. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Or just check White Collar Sideshow on any of the Check them out on Instagram. Check them out on Facebook, all that stuff too. So, you guys are awesome. And you have a place to stay in Wichita. Don't forget. Yeah, we'll come hang. All right. Come see Middle of the country. I'm serious. Let's do it. Let's do it, man. I'm down. Love you guys. Thank you so much. We love you. Thank you so much, truly. Cheers, man. Bye.